a chaotic double game week. Without further ado, it's straight to another blank game week with a couple of relevant sides in the fantasy landscape not having a game this week and the transfer market going absolute bananas. But it's this time of the week we've come to the right place, and that is the official FPL Addicts Podcast. <laughs> Yes, good evening, fantasy managers. Welcome to the blank game week 26 preview, which is a very intriguing game week to say the least in what we've got to cover this evening. No game this weekend for Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham and Luton due to the participation of the Chelsea-Liverpool League Cup final. But there's still another eight games for us to have a discussion about. It's Friday night where we are and Friday morning, to the British viewers, good morning to you. I am joined by Quentin from at FPL Amateurs Oz. Quentin, good evening to you. Happy Friday. And boy, that was some game week. Yeah, no, definitely. There was a few uh, surprising results. And um, who would have thought that Manchester United versus Luton was going to be game of the week? So, <laughs> you know, everything was happening. It was, especially for Liverpool's and for Liverpool players and the amount of injuries they had was starting on Saturday with Yota going down, Nunes, and Salah, Rosen McLeods as well. Did you find that surprising with Salah coming back so quick? Yeah, I think um, it was more the situation with obviously the injuries to Jota and uh, Nunes that kind of fast-tracked that because I think that they were planning maybe 15 minutes off the bench, um, which... I thought he possibly might not play the first fixture and then play some minutes off the bench the second fixture. But, um, yeah, I was quite surprised when he came on and then, uh, yeah, just went to, went to work what he's done all season and just being, you know, points away for people that have kept him. I think I saw a few people on Twitter that still had him in their team and they played him. So, you know, massive differential for a week, which we thought we weren't going to see him. Indeed. In addition, the triple captaincy of 1.3 million managers, which I think is right up there for being the biggest ever. A lot of owners breathing a sigh of relief with Haaland's goal. And in fairness, IS looking over did certainly do some favours. Were you relieved on getting 10 points from him or were you expecting more? Um, well, I was one of the people that have already used their uh, triple captaincy. So... Um... And then I also went against Foden, uh, went against Harlan and Captain Foden. So I was quite grateful to see him miss uh, a lot of chances in that first game. And then, you know, he didn't have the greatest game in that second one, but still managed to get the points. So I was actually quite happy with his uh, 10 points. Go straight to the fixtures from last game week. We've got plenty, of course, to discuss through the course of the episode. But if there was one result or one game that really took your eye, which one would it have been on your end? Um, as I said to you, I thought the Manchester United and Luton game, not just being a Manchester fan myself, but I thought that was game of the week. That was, that was incredible. The, the pace that was, um, that game was played at was just absolutely ridiculous. I think the first half Luton were really good. And the second half 
for I think the first 20 minutes, Manchester United could have had about six goals. And then the last sort of 10 minutes, Luton could have had three goals. So, yeah, for me, it was probably one of the most uh, incredible games um, for the week. So, yeah, I mean, we're not used to that at Manchester United fans lately. is uh, being excited about how the team's played. But, um, yeah, I was actually quite enjoying that game. And personally, for me, it, look, some big score lines. Arsenal scoring a hatful at, once again did come as one of them. But Brighton's demolition away at Sheffield United, they aren't the only side this year to have obliterated the Blades at Bramall Lane. And if you get the right players in Brighton, you'll benefit fruitfully from them. For example, Pascal Gross and Adingra coming back from AFCON. Was there many surprises from this game in terms of who returned in your end? Uh, what was that? Sorry, which game? No, Sheffield United Brighton. Um, I think it's... I think Matoma probably deserved a few more returns. I thought he played really good, but um, obviously he took a bit to shake off um, that challenge where he almost lost a kneecap from a Holgate, which, I mean, if you ask Holgate, it was a fair challenge and uh, shouldn't have been a red card. But I thought Brighton, um, they looked good. I think the red card helped the way the game turned out. I think it obviously left Sheffield a bit more open. They couldn't really park the bus with one man down and Brighton sort of made him pay. But yeah, I thought it was a good performance of Brighton, but yeah, I was a bit disappointed to see Matoma sort of not getting uh, all the FPL returns, but, you know, he looked incredible. He did too. Back onto our fantasy sides now. We go straight to your team and ended up on getting 73 points. Talk us through your side here. Um. It's funny, I was doing a stream uh, with FPL Matt Day before deadline and I actually was saying how Areola was a, um, you know, the pick between them and Divraca and I forgot to save my lineup and <laughs> I end up with Divraca. So, um, you know, I wasn't expecting too much really to be honest. I was hoping just for save points uh, from either keeper this week and Divraca had save points, but they also conceded goals. So didn't really help too much. Dallo uh, missed a one-on-one. Uh, could have been a massive week for him, but um, wasn't to be. And, you know, Stu Fowles is hoping that he at least got some points, which he did, got the appearance points. <laughs> um, and Purvis, very disappointing. Um, I was pretty confident he'd start this week. I think their attacker looks a lot better when he's playing. And, you know, he was on the bench again, but managed to come on and get me one point. Saka, incredible. He's had two massive weeks now in a row, and I think a few people that did get him out to sort of make space for the the double game week plays are regretting that move because he's looked incredible. And, you know, the start of the season, he wasn't getting sort of the FPL points. He was sort of just plodding along, getting the six to seven points each week and not too many big calls. But the last two weeks, he's the one that's been on the end of penalties um, and, you know, those key passes coming in from the likes of Trossard and uh, Martinelli and Odegaard. Um, Yoda. Looked fantastic. Got an early return in that game and then went off injured. I personally think if he had been on the field for the rest of that first fixture, he could have had, you know, one or two goals there and had a massive return. But, you know, that is FPL. Um, most weeks where, you know, you expect something can get something different. Kevin De Bruyne, I thought that he'd at least start one game, which um, he did, but then didn't play at all the second game. So, it was a little bit disappointing. I was hoping for at least 10, 15 minutes off the bench. Uh, Rasmus, as I said, um, the real Haaland um, 
has shown up the last seven weeks and he's been on an absolute goal scoring spree. And as I said to you off air, you know, he got the two goals, but he could have had one or two assists to go with that as well. If United sort of didn't waste a couple of those chances, Harlan, I thought the first game was his best game out of the two, um, missed a lot of good chances. And that second game, I thought that city were a little bit underwhelming and, um, you know, managed to get a goal right at the end there, but I think it was a pretty average performance. And then Watkins just doing what Watkins has done this season is when the fixture is good, he gets the chances. He can definitely be in two or three goals. And, you know, lucky for me this week, he, he did that for me. So overall pretty happy with how the week went, but definitely probably could have gone a little bit better. Yeah. 73. Uh, there is certainly room for improvement, but it's not a bad score. I don't think he also nailed some excellent picks in there, especially with Hoyland. I think, I just have to sort of zoom in on the captaincy. You got Foden as well. I wanted to explain to you, Phil, that he was a better matchup based on Man City's opponents of a double game week as opposed to Harlem. Yeah, I do. I thought that um, looking at both fixtures, I was pretty confident he was going to start both with um, the Grealish injury and then Silva sort of 50-50 and whether he'd play or not. I thought that, and then with De Bruyne, I thought he would be rotated for one of the two games, which would then push Foden more centrally. So, I thought just the the minutes and how involved he's been the last few weeks, I thought, you know, I, I could see a fixture being him getting more points than Harlan or at least matching Harlan worst case scenario. And, you know, I think it was an interview leading into the deadline where they asked about what's turned his form around. And he said that um, he feels like the last four weeks he's, he's had to step up with the likes of certain players out and missing and, he said that he's really taken that on this season and that he wants to continue to do that every week. So I kind of, it was almost like the um, rallying the troops and I was one of the troops and I said, mate, I'll go to battle for you. I'll put the captaincy on you this week. Before we get into our other mini leagues, wherever you're popping in to say hello to the community members who have joined tonight, Miriam, hello to you. How are we both doing? Look, I'm doing all right. I'm not sure if Quentin would say the same after his, Gaming, but usually with him, he's always smiling. No, nah, I'm pretty good. Things could be worse. <laughs> uh, indeed. And TN's also joined FPL Planet. Good evening to you, TN. There, straight to the FPL Addicts podcast league. Looks, for some people, it was a big score. For some people, they probably want the 2024 25 season to start as early as possible. And there's no better name to fit in that building as of now than to go over Ollie Walker Peel. Look, 61 points, played the triple captain, of course, on Harland. In retrospect, he got 50% of his total points for the game week. Anyone else that sort of surprised you based on this team selection here? Um, I like the Tony pick. Like, that was a. Heading to that fixtures, I thought it's a hard double game week, but, you know, Tony managed to get at least one return out of the two fixtures, which is what you'd probably be hoping for, bringing him in. And now he's set up for a few good games coming up. So I really like that pick. And um, Langley, I actually didn't mind him when he played at, um, I think it was Spurs last season. So I don't mind that pick, actually. And with the, uh, which centre-back's injured at the moment from Villa? Is it? Camera, uh, yeah. Tyrone Mings is one of them as well. Yeah, so they've got two injuries there, which has opened the door for him. And I think he's a good pick and um, a sneaky little BPS magnet as well when they do keep the clean sheet. 
So, yeah, I don't mind it. Into Rev's side we go. Ended on 10 points better for the game week, 92 points ahead of Ollie, finishing on 71 points. So, interesting plays in this. Your Garnacho on the bench, Van Heck. But Mo Salah straight in now. Pretty sure he got him a week early. Do you like that move? Or do you feel that it was may have been best to go elsewhere for Pete plays around his similar price bracket? But it was um, great. Yeah, I think it's similar, I guess, if you're able to I guess you can play Ganache this week. So I don't mind that move because he I'm assuming he's planned it that way where he knew that mm-hmm. Salah was blanking this game week. So then, you know, Ganache goes in. Good fixture against Fulham. Then they have a hard fixture against City, and then you can do the old switcheroo, put Salah in against, um, is it Bournemouth they play? Or Forest? Forest, yeah, Yeah, Forest. Yeah, so bring him in uh, in another decent fixture. So um, I actually don't mind that. If you're going to make those moves, you want to have a plan, and, you know, I can see the plan here that, you know, he's going to do the switcheroo, and, you know, he can play Ben Heck over Jota as well if he's not going to make a transfer. On to Jack Gillibrand, the Messiah of the podcast. Saka with massive 15 points. Ended on 69. Five away. Look, for defence and the back line, similar to us managers for most of this season, really not much going in. Had Ollie Watkins, fielded Garnacho, and Pedro Neto as well, who got an, an assist there. Any comment or any pick, which sort of catches your eye when you look at this cue. Not enough Rasmus up top there. He's picked the Alvarez. Mm. Got Alvarez, who got me a turn for Harlan's goal. In fairness, actually wasn't a bad pass. Yeah, no, it's a great pass. No, actually, it's a pretty solid uh, lineup. And as as you said, the defense, it's been a bit, um, hey, go on the last few game weeks outside yeah, of Arsenal. It certainly is. That's what we call it in our country. Reedy, who has been on fire recently, well done to him. Finished on oh. 94. Points. Virgil down back, but Kaya in the middle. Harlem with the triple captain. Pascal Gross again. Quentin, quite impressive. Mate, he's he's been killing it. And like I yeah. thought, playing um, sort of more centrally and a bit deeper, he's been really good. Yeah, four, five of his last six weeks have been green arrows too, which is ultimately impressive. From two million to now nine hundred. 43k roughly with 12 game weeks to go. He's on a good patch. It's fantastic to see. Elliot Craig. Now, before I click on his side, he didn't have Haaland this game week. And he wasn't planning to as well. He ended up with a Solanke, Alvarez, and Watkins. I don't think he was able to do that move unless he wildcarded. And Captain Diego Yotta, do you feel that was a reasonable punt at the start of a game week or too much of a risk if you're chasing a gap in the mini league? Um, I actually didn't mind that. I, I think it might have been FPL Matt Day's stream. I said if you were going to go outside of um, Harlan or Foden, I thought Jota was a really good third option there. And, you know, that's just bad luck to get to get an injury after returning early and looking really good in that game. And, you know, the player that come on for him was Gakpo, and Gakpo managed to get an absolute haul of points in that game. So I think um, very unlucky. And I could see where his head was at trying to gain, uh, you know, a bit of momentum on you fellas in the league. Mm, I feel Elliot's been the biggest threat for me, especially through the festive period in which he got rid of Harlem, which was a really good move 
when you think about it. But for myself, I held on to him the whole time, mainly because there were other priorities. And I didn't really know when he was going to come back exactly. So I think Elliot did a really good job making up ground. But now it been it was 40 points, now it's a 72. It's looking a little unlikely. Be very interested in the coming weeks too to see how Chris Reed goes in terms of making a statement. When which he already is in the process too. Here's my side. I finished on 91 points with a triple captain on Haaland. A fantastic front three. Yotta unfortunately didn't play the second game. Garnacho with the assists, and I felt it made sense as well with Palmer being away at Man City, Porra and Taylor both being injured. Gabriel got his clean sheet. Virgil van Dijk goal. It was fantastic to watch. Ariola got three points as well. So about 148k at the moment. Need a green arrow too. Flying high, mate. And and Ganacho, you're very unlucky because Ganacho should have had about at least three returns in that game. Mm. That's right. It's from Ganacho's game at Man United, what do you reckon the biggest trait of him that has improved big time or has been a component that has surprised you a lot as a Man United supporter? I think the consistency. So last season we saw like two really good games and then I think three games you just wouldn't see too much. Um, I feel the la- at least the last four game weeks, constantly he's getting at least two, three attacking chances, like good chances, not just half chances where, yeah, pre-seasons you weren't getting that every week. So I think if he can manage to finish some of those chances and be a bit more clinical, um, you could be looking at a player that's, you know, scoring double digits in good fixtures. Mm. That's a very good shout. Go to our public league, and now we talked about Ste- Smalley, but I now I figured out where he is, and unfortunately, he's had a very unfortunate last couple of game weeks. He was top for a good while. He's down to 14, which is quite mind-blowing. Jojo is now on top, and he scored 113 points this week. I'll briefly have a look at his side. He's leading by 16 points. Triple captain played, and wow, that is a strong team. Any picks that stood out to you? Um, like you, I think the Solanke pick going early, because a lot of people mm. were sort of waiting to that uh, week 28. I think um, it's a masterstroke going early on Solanke, getting the return this week. He scored a brace at home to Newcastle as well. I just felt there was merit holding on to him, as much as I understood why people moved for Darwin. And we know Darwin is such a chaos player. I've never owned him. I would like to one day, once he decides to be consistent, which I think he has, but I need a bit more. But I just feel Dominic Solanke, he's got so much confidence about him, and he's very efficient in front of goal. When you look back at it at the start of the season, Quentin, it's been... Has he been, in your eyes, one of the biggest surprise packets in fantasy? Yeah, he has. I think um, the start of the season, Bournemouth, I sort of, uh, looking at their games, I thought, oh, they could be, you know, relegation candidates. But the way they've been playing football over the last sort of 10 weeks has actually made Solanke such a good pick because he's a good striker when he gets the opportunities. And they're sort of, they're almost treating him like a a Harlan from Wish. So the game plan is... (laughs) You know, we don't have Harlan, but we've got Solanke getting the ball, getting him into good areas. And yeah, he's been incredible. So I think, like I said to you on our last, the last time I was on, is I think the striker position has been so relevant this season compared to previous seasons because there's just so many options. So 
Solanke, his form is putting him up there with the likes of a Watkins and and Hoyland at the moment and Harlan. And, you know, I feel like there's too many striker picks for once uh, in FPL where yeah. you're wishing that you could have four strikers up top and not three. I think I was having a chat to Tian and Pete about this. There is a huge case in having three strikers this season. Do you feel that there's a massive need for it? I personally think there is. Yeah, I think in previous seasons you had one or two picks where you could say, um, yeah, I can sacrifice that third spot to sort of you know improve the back line or in the midfield. But I really think we're going to see three at the back, five, uh, four in the middle and three yeah. up top for most of this so. season, mm. especially the double game weeks and, and the good fixtures coming up after week 30 as well. Wholeheartedly agree with you on that. Jojo also leads the Women's League as well as the Public League. A 14-point lead in this one. The other one's 16 points. Melissa Laws, who's been rocking the top two, has gone down to seventh at the moment. And Helen, finished on 87, has now been dropped to second. Interesting. We still have a long way to go in the season. But, Jojo, well done to you. I just might have a very quick look at the rank history behind this. Seems to be from Italy as well. That is a big skyrocket. From 161k in game week 17 to now 6k overall. Massive. That is, yeah, that is a massive score. That's, that's a big jump. But that's the, um, that's literally what FPL's been like this year. If you have one really, really good week in a in a game week where you know people are maybe scoring thirty points less, you're going to get a massive jump. And then if you back that up for another decent week, yeah, it, I've just seen this year you can jump massively if you're getting consistent game weeks together. Indeed. As we carry on before the Gaming 26 preview, I also want to give a big thanks and a mention to our sponsor, Bonus Bank. Bonus Bank is Australia New Zealand's best side hustle where you can make a guaranteed profit from the bookmakers by taking advantage of their promotional offers, easy to learn tutorials, and the software that does the hard work for you. It's free to sign up, but also you can upgrade to a premium membership, which gives you more access to more tools and software to increase your profits. Use our code FPLADICS to receive. 25% off your first month. On to game week 26 now, where we have eight fixtures, no Chelsea Spurs and no Liverpool Luton. And as a result, that game was done last week. As I'm about to get these games up, is there a particular fixture that stands out to you? Um... So one that is of genuine interest, which could have a lot of bearing actually, fantasy money. I actually think the Arsenal and Newcastle fixture is actually going to be quite close. I think a lot of people that have seen right. Newcastle's defense lately hasn't been the greatest. And Arsenal, for me, have been probably the most informed team the last three weeks. But I think Newcastle are going to need to start getting some results if they're wanting to sort of hang around that top seven. Um, with the likes of United playing good, Brighton getting some results now, Aston Villa getting results, um, you know, and Spurs as well. I think this is a fixture they're going to have to try to do something. And I could see it being a tight affair, which a lot of people probably won't be expecting. Personally, I'll give it a, wor a break worthy mention, but it's not my top one. No, I can think of Oliver Glasner's first game as Palace manager at home to Burnley. Can't think of a better matchup for him to kick things off. 
I think it could be a goal fest. Not too sure, however, but I reckon there's a chance there. But it's Wolves versus Sheffield United as a standout fixture for this week. And we've seen in the transfer market especially, with a lot of managers moving for their midfielders as well, and Wayne Hee-Chan and Pedro Neto. Q, very quickly, how do you see this game going? Do you think Sheffield may have something up their bag of tricks to potentially cause an upset? I could see it being a one-goal margin. I could see Wolves getting this fixture maybe 2-1, um, or it could possibly be even just a one-all draw. I think um, Wolves, their attack has been somewhat pretty good, but I think since Cornyn's gone down, it's probably not as explosive. Um, and Sheffield has shown that they can dig their heels in and and try to get a result. So, But I think Wolves should have just enough, but I'm not sure whether it's going to be the highest-scoring game that everyone's hoping for. On to the transfer traffic. As we mentioned, Wolves proving us somewhat of a headline for the transfers in. Your man, Hoyland, being the most transferred this game week with 380,000 sales roughly as things stand. Saka coming second. Mohamed Salah in third. We'll get to him shortly. He Chan in fourth. Gabriel down back for Arsenal, who have looked incredibly solid in recent times. Yota, Poro, Darwin, Richarlison, Alexander-Arnold. Q... On the transfers out first, are there any major surprises or not? A little bit surprised if the seller transfers in. Like, I get it. People mm. are sort of wanting to get him in for, um, you know, that fixture against Forrest, but we don't even know his current state of fitness. And then they've got the cup game on the Sunday. There's every chance that he might not even start, depending on how their side's looking heading into that game. Like, if, if Nunez is fit, for the Forest game, I personally don't think that Salah will start and he might get 10, 15 minutes off the bench. Any other major surprises or everything looks relatively straightforward based on... Pretty much. And, you know, yeah. a lot of smart managers going for um, Sean Willis, also known as uh, Rasmus Hoyland. Rasmus. Right. That's really caught on, hasn't it? What we've learned... This week, I'll go briefly on this before I get to your discussion points. What we've learned throughout the week is that there is an injury crisis at Liverpool with Yota, Nunes, Salah, and as well, Alisson missing the double game week completely, especially for the Brazilian goalkeeper. Arsenal lost 1-0 midweek against Porto as well. I also feel what we're learning now is that it's a bit of a narrative about chip strategies. Now, Quentin, I'm not sure how much you saw on Twitter this week, but how many people all of a sudden when they woke up on Wednesday thinking, I'm going to free hit in 29? Did you find that a bit mind-boggling? Yeah, it's uh, it was just a bit hectic on uh, Twitter. Like the chip strategy, I was like, feel like I was getting FOMO. Then there was one stage where, um, you know, I was like, oh, maybe I should be doing something. And then, you know, going, no, wait. And then people talking about 29 and 28 and wild card in 27. And yeah, I think it was just a bit hectic. And, um, you know, I think when times like that, you just get off Twitter and just um, have a cold shower, regather yourself. <laughs> regather yourself and um, start thinking sort of a bit logical. But I, I think it's good that people are having those conversations because I think it's going to create a bit of variance in terms of your chip, chip strategy, which is good because, you know, when there's variance, it feels fun. Also depressing, but also fun. 
I just feel that when things don't go your way, and the mindset I had a few weeks ago, it probably ruined my enjoyment of watching football. I probably didn't watch certain games or I just couldn't bother. But now it's more, I watch any game, but I know bad things are inevitably going to happen. I just kind of laugh. I, I'm sure you'd probably be the same as well. Yeah, well, the the good thing I find at the moment with FPL is if I don't have a player in a fixture, I'm like, sweet, I can get some more sleep because I don't have to get up in the middle <laughs> of the night to watch. And I can just watch the, you know, the the mini package of um, highlights the next morning. Or mm. um, probably the most frustrating thing is is backing United as a passionate United fan, but then also getting their assets in and then watching them blank. I think it, um, it kind of double kills you. you. You don't care too much. You're like, oh, yeah, my, you know, my team lost, but. You know, I don't have any plays, so it's good, like whatever. But then when your team's shit and then your plays are shit, it just makes it really unenjoyable. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm a football purist, so I'll always just, you know, it is what it is with, I guess, the results in terms of FPL because it's a game about a sport that's probably the most unpredictable sport in the world. And you've seen in the World Cup, you know, teams that were supposed to win didn't win and teams like the Socceroos who made it all the way through to the knockouts and no one gave them a chance. But that's football and that's the best thing about football is it's unpredictable. You can have a 100 spreadsheets, you can look at every single stat in the book, but it's football <laughs> and football is just unpredictable. So I've I've made my, my piece of it playing FPL. You know, you understand that it's football and it can be unpredictable. Back to the community we go, and good morning to you, Colm Bugler, one of our top fans as always. Thanks as always for joining. Karan FPL, good evening to you as well. Thank you for joining. We've got a, Darwin and Yossi were looking like I could have hauled in the first game, very unlucky with injuries. Quentin, yeah. tough space on it earlier. We completely agree with you on that front. And Quentin, it's time for a discussion. And the big talking point this week, in which I'd love for you to lead by, and this is one of your suggestions, is replacements for Diego Yotta because managers can go many directions. Yeah, there is a lot of directions. And I guess the narrative around uh, FPL Twitter at the moment is what Wolves um, plays are you getting in, but there's not really a lot of talk about, I guess, outside of Wolves' assets. So, you know, I, as I said to you, I had a few options that I, I'd love to talk about. So, um, you know, my offside on our podcast, Damo, is going to love this, but I'm actually suggesting a couple of West Ham assets um, heading into the next couple of game weeks. And, you know, as we've seen, they're not going to blank in 29. So you're going to get a good run of games from them. But, you know, looking at Kudus from West Ham, he's only 2.9% owned. So I would say a bit of a differential. Um, and we've seen what Kudus can do. Um, when, when West Ham are playing good, and I, I feel like over this next few game weeks, you might be getting a few returns from these type of players. But, you know, I think the the run of fixtures have got Brentford, Everton, Burnley, and Aston Villa over the next four. And, you know, looking at Kudus, um, you know, he's the type of player that can get double digits hauls in games where they only win 2 0. He can get a goal and assist, or he can get both goals. So I think there's a bit of upside there. Um, another player also is Jared Bowen, 16.5% owned. So he's a bit more less of a differential. He's highly owned, but he's low enough that you're going to get some decent gains from him. And, you know, he's actually got a very good record against Everton. So two goals in his last two games against Everton. He's got a goal in his last game against Brentford. 
Um, and he's got one goal in his last game against Villa. So those are three out of the four next fixtures. He's returned in the, the last games that they've played against them. So if I'm looking at stats and form, I'm looking at sort of what they've done against those teams previously. And, you know, it hasn't been that too far back for these games that they've played where he's got returns in all of them. So I think between him and Kudis, I think two great picks there. Um, heading over to Villa Assets. So we've seen Villa, they've just been on fire lately. But one player who's really piqued my interest, who previous seasons have, you know, hasn't always been on the pitch just because of injury. But Leon. Oh, no, you just ruined it. Oh, no. I was going to say Douglas Louise. I mean, you just say let, and then I thought, oh, no. No, Leon Bailey. So Leon Bailey, um, I feel, is an incredible player. I think there was a lot of hype about him last season, was it? Um, start of the season, a lot of people got him in because of his price point. Um, you know, their next few fixtures, Forest, Luton, Spurs, West Ham, for me, are all good fixtures. Um, Bailey's had three returns in his last four games. And Villa also play the blank game week in 29, which is a valuable commodity at the moment when you're looking at there could only be four or five games in uh, game week nine, uh, 29, sorry. Um, and then also, I think that he's going to play more league games than getting um, rotated with the, the Europe game. So I think he's going to be starting most of the league games. So I could see him three and four starting and then coming off the bench for that fourth fixture. So you know, what's valuable is, you know, getting the game minutes. And then another player, obviously, uh, been a popular asset this season for Villa, but Douglas Louise, he's returned two in the last four games as well. So he's been in really good form. He's actually been pushed back a bit deeper with the Kamara injury, but still not stopping him from getting returns. So he's his last game against Spurs in their last three fixtures, two goals and one assist. So Spurs... Great fixture for Douglas Louise. He's also scored against West Ham in the last fixture as well. So there's two out of the four fixtures he's got returns in, which is valuable when you're looking at, you know, what players have form against different teams. Um, and I think with Kamara being injured, we're going to see Douglas Louise playing most games because he's going to be playing that deeper role. Um, and a final midfield asset from Villa as well. So, you know, I'm offering, you know, a variety of picks for you from Villa. Yuri Tillemans. So he's actually a quality player to watch. And because of Douglas Louise playing deeper, it's now pushed Tillemans into that sort of number 10 role, which is Douglas Louise has played most of the season. Looking at Tillemans, he's returned two of his last three games. So as I said, form is valuable when you're looking at these players. Only 0.4% owned as well, so a massive differential. He also does take the odd free kick as well, so he's going to be sharing free kick duties with um, Douglas Louise as well, so that's also pretty valuable. And he started three of their last four games, and as I said, you want players playing, and I feel like during that blank game week in 29, we're going to see a Tillemans playing that 10 role, and we could definitely see him getting a decent return against West Ham, but... Yeah, those are my midfield picks um, wow. and plays to look at for Diego Jota this week. I can't, I must say, Quentin, you blew me away. And whoever, the community, whoever tuned in, make sure you give a round of applause and support Quint, to Quentin there because I found that fantastic. And what I took out of that is that there's actually a lot more options in terms of if you want to go through the blank Game Week 29 direction on who you can really choose from. I liked it. I really like a Kudis pick. 
The Telemans pick I probably wouldn't have picked out. I think the other three are reasonable as well. We've got some <laughs> questions, in fairness. Uh, Colm, okay. So your quandary. Wolves' assets and their fixtures up against Aston Villa's assets definitely playing in game week 29. What's your pick there if you have to go level-headed? Um, See, I did do a little bit of a, a look at obviously the three popular Wolves assets, which is Sarabia, Neto, and He Chan. So the last three fixtures, you've had Sarabia, goal and assist, Neto, a goal and two assists, and He Chan, an assist and two goals. So I think it's actually quite even, and it could be like, um, I think I saw someone on Twitter the other day say it could be like a bit of a Dennis versus King situation yeah, where mm. everyone's going to get Neto, and then it's going to be Sarabia getting the return. So everyone's going to go He Chan, and it could be Neto, I think. It's very even amongst those assets, but I actually think there's a bit more value in going to Villa asset. Like I mentioned, they play the blank game week 29, and and it's not like you're putting them in to fill a spot. They're actually decent assets, and Villa are actually a decent team. So I feel like there's a bit more upside targeting a Villa asset or even a West Ham asset. I'd pick Kudus or Bowen over any Wolves asset, in my opinion. Got a question from James in regards to getting rid of a stupid yarn. Personally, for me, so answer Quentin after I do, I think it should hold because it's a home game against Everton, and I think he's got good potential, have good ceiling. That's if he starts, of course. Quentin, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think it's it's a bit of a luxury transfer. I had someone message me today asking if they should do that, and I said, I feel like it's a luxury transfer because they've got a good fixture. There's every chance he could start, so... In a week like this where you've got a few teams that are blanking, you probably just want to hold on to them. Even if you're going to get the one-point worst-case scenario, you could also get 10 points best-case scenario. So I feel like there's more upside to just keeping him for this game week. But if he doesn't start this week, I definitely would entertain sort of a move off him next week. I'm going to briefly discuss on Wolves' assets, like you said, and thank you for the stats as a, for He Chan, Neto, and Sarabia. This is my take on, especially remains who He Chan and Neto. I think He Chan has a high expected goal involvement per 90 and has penalties. However, when you look at games which involve Neto, he's a more explosive player. For example, his counter attack assist for Jao Gomez's second goal would have been away at, Wolf, at, away at Tottenham, I should say. That really exemplifies Pedro Neto's qualities. If you had to pick one at the moment, Quentin, I know you might pick Sarabia, but if you had to pick one between the two, who would it be? Uh, out of Neto and Hechan. I'm going to say Neto. Yeah. Just. But as I said, it's a it's a coin flip because I think all are going to have moments and it just depends on who's going to get the goal. Next discussion point. It's an interesting one. This It doesn't have a game this week, but he's currently injured and second most transferred out. Pedro Porro. So for managers who want to approach playing game week 29 with free transfers, it might be worth holding on to him. But for others, they've transferred him out. We know what he's been capable of. However, in his last five games, I'm pretty sure he has blanked with his last return coming away at Old Trafford. He's at home to Crystal Palace next, which I feel that's not a bad fiction, has a kind run in the short term. Quentin, I'm not sure if I actually pay much attention, to be honest. Yeah, Pedro Pyro, would you get rid of him this week? Well, I actually saw something funny on Twitter. Someone shared, um, apparently they um, messaged him and said, should I get you out of my FPL team? And he said, no, don't, with a smiley face. 
which and I've I've read a few forums and had a look. There's every chance he's going to be playing in game week 27. So I would hold. Strikers accompanying Watkins and Harland, and it's been a big discussion point, especially with the re- rejuvenation of Rasmus Hoyland. Quentin, in your eyes, who's the best third striker option to complement the pair? I think um, Hoyland, uh, Harlan, and Watkins, I think uh, at least, um, depending on what happens in the FA Cup, but I think for this week, I think Hoyland's a great pick. I could definitely yeah. see him getting another double against Fulham. Yeah. Got a fair shout here from James. Probably inclined to, to agree with you here too. I think Dominic Solanke is the best pick in the short term, but not this week because he's at home to Man City. Another interesting one is Ivan Tony. I think away at West Ham is an excellent fixture for him because of how poor the Hammers have been since 2024. And Ivan Tony, against those sorts of sides, he craves them. He will finish those poachers' goals, I feel. Yeah, I think, um, as I said to you, there's going to be a lot of variance in that third striker spot because, as you, as you mentioned, Solanke, Tony, uh, Hoyland, um, people might still be holding Alvarez as well. So, And then, um, you know, one player might talk about a little bit later, but, you know, a certain asset from Fulham could uh, weasel his way into that third Ooh. striker spot as well. I'm excited. I will admit. Chip strategies, our next discussion point. But before we get to chip strategies, I just wanted to double-check, was there anything you wanted to discuss on in terms of players or assets from certain sides? Because this chip strategy uh, could take I, I might just uh, say, obviously, um, I, I spoke to you off air about it, but uh, Rod, Rodrigo Muniz from Fulham. I didn't have um, to wait longer, didn't I? Yeah, so I thought I might get that out before, um, obviously, we, we talk about the chip strategy. But I think he's a great enabler of people that are sort of trying to move funds around um, and aren't going Solanke yet. I think Rodrigo Muniz is a great third option, and he plays game week 29 as well. So... You know, these are a, a player picks that I've mentioned that if you're not fully set on the free hit 29, are plays that you can bring in because Fulham fixtures are pretty decent. I'll just quickly get them up yeah. while I'm talking to you. So Fulham's good. fixtures. Four goals in the last three games as well for Rodrigo Muniz, owned by 1%. And, yeah, so the next fixture is Man United, which um, in terms of attacking assets against United, great because we yeah. are quite open at the back, and the way that Fulham play um, it can be very deadly on the counter, which you know we're not great at defending. And um, then you got Brighton, Wolves. Um, you know, after that, I think two good fixtures. So yeah, yeah, I think um, I wouldn't surprise me if I saw two goals in the next three from Rodrigo Menez and a bit of B- uh, BPS as well. Do you feel he could play competent enough alongside Raul Jimenez, or is it more of a loan job up front? Um, he's been actually combining quite well with uh, Anthony Robinson. Um, yes, yes, yeah. His attacking play has been really good, and he's been putting balls into the box. And, you know, looking at the last three fixtures for Rodrigo, he's averaged um, a touch over four shots a game which you want from your strikers. You want them getting shots because, you know, if you – like they say, if you throw enough um, shit at the wall, eventually something will stick. So, Chip strategies. 
Yeah. Spot on on back wider, Quenta. That wasn't part of my bingo card for today. Bit of, well, bit of Aussie, Aussie slang, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. Chip strategies. Can't get myself over that, to be honest. Chip strategies. <laughs> Have you got one in mind? Or are you still remaining open-minded? And I feel this would be the final week in terms of being as open-minded as you could be. You can't go still in the middle come game week. 28 let's say you got to go one way or another i think 28 is kind of like the d-day that's when you make the decision because you're going to see the results from the fa cup so you'll know which teams are going to be blanking which teams are going to be playing makes it a bit easy to kind of work out what you're going to do but as i said to you you know i'm looking at possibly a wild card 28 free hit 29 or free hit 29 wild card 30 or seeing how many players I have 29, avoiding the free hit, wild card 30, bench boost sometime after that, possibly 34, and then maybe using the free hit uh, in the next double game week before the end of the season or just a week where I feel like there are a few good assets that you can kind of um, stockpile and use it then. So I'm leaving, as I said to you, I'm leaving myself open to, I guess, be a bit flexible and not sort of, putting all my eggs in one basket until game week 28, where I think I'll, I'll have my decision made by then. We, we love spreadsheets and we love graphics. So we've got one <laughs> right here in terms of the games that could potentially go ahead and, well, certainly will go ahead in game week 29 and others in which could join them too. If there's a particular outcome you want in mind or a big upset, who's it going to be from, Quentin? I actually think Leicester... Um, could beat Bournemouth. Leicester, it's probably not really an upset because Leicester have been incredible in the championship this season. Uh-huh. But technically, you know, a championship team big, knocking it out, the Premier League team. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see Leeds um, getting something against Chelsea, depending on what Chelsea um, shows up. Mm. And I actually think even United definitely could lose to Forest at home. They could. That would be big. I think the more nothing sort of the meaningless outcome if all of them somehow blank. But Palace Newcastle goes ahead. I'm just not sure where the appeal would be in terms of assets on both of those sides if Blackburn calls the upset. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I feel like it would maybe be like your defensive assets and maybe a Gordon. Yeah. But... Does Gordon excite you? I, I really doesn't does make me feel doesn't make me feel tingly when I think of Gordon. But I think you know of United losing to Forest and getting to pick Hoyland up top, Ganacho in the midfield, Rashford possibly. I feel like it's a lot more exciting. <laughs> yeah, Jeez. even if I, Wolves and Bournemouth both lose, I feel like. Solanke in 29 is exciting. Yeah, uh, it's an incredible run Solanke's got after the Man City game. He's got Burnley away from home, Sheffield United at home, then Lutzen at home. But you could not ask for a better three-game run from any player in the game, especially in their position. Would you agree with that? Or is it more Harlan against Chelsea and Brentford both at home? No, I, I, I agree with you on that one, I think. Now, Quentin, without further ado, we go straight into 
our lineups and transfers on what we are thinking for the coming week. I think, what's your end goal come the end of the season? What's your big motive in terms of trying to climb up the ranks? Is it really going to find more gems? Is it going to be different on going to captaincy picks? I feel like I'm planning on just backing myself towards the end of the season and, you know, obviously taking a little bit of, you know, EO into consideration, but mainly just picking a player and going, if I feel confident, backing, regardless of whether it's 10% owned, 20% owned, 30% owned. And, you know, I feel like I I can um, live with the end result, whether it's, you know, I'm in the top 100K, the top million, top 500K. If I've made decisions that I felt comfortable and I felt confident in, um, you know, I, I can live with the result. But, you know, if I manage to get, you know, a decent rank at the end of the season and I've made those picks and I've used my gut picks and what I've seen, um, you know, awesome. <laughs> a good uh, advertiser for the podcast as well. <laughs> Certainly. Back to the comments, especially on what Krellin's graphic did offer. Cole wants Forrest to beat Man United, rightly so. Hoyland against Sheffield United, it would be a dream come true. Cole was also asked about Palace new manager bounce. Do we need to be wary of that, do you feel? I don't know if there's enough bounce to make them bounce all the way into relevancy um, without Elise and Eze. I mean, they've got, you know, Big Dog Mateta up top doing his thing, but I don't think it's enough. I yeah, they they just look like a team that will grind out draws and make it not a great uh, viewing for people that are wanting to sort of see a good game of football. It's going to be quite just yeah. Depending on what the new manager does, he might turn into you know Ange Ball two point and you know exciting oh. things. Conte ball, Ange ball 2.0, Tatslotto 2.0, whatever. Or it could end up being flange ball, so, you know. Oh, dear. I've, I've had enough of balls, honestly. Don't know what to say. Good evening. Good morning to you, John David, where you might be. Thanks, as always, for popping by and saying hello to us on the podcast. James, great question here. Triple captain Solanke on the double game week. I feel that if you've got the triple captaincy up your sleeve, is it worth using it then? or in a later double game week come 34-37? I think after seeing uh, the triple captaincy from Harlan this week, it probably makes you a bit more comfortable playing it on Solanke because mm. I would be very, very surprised if Solanke doesn't get at least one return over those two games. So you're going to be almost even with Harlan. So but there's upside where he could being two goals and an assisting in the two fixtures and, you know, you've outscored triple Harlan. So I think there's a lot more upside. Shireen, good morning slash good evening to you, wherever you may be. Hey, guys, who's a good defender to get on long-term or should I hold Poro? Quentin, what do you say about this? I would probably hold Poro for the time being. Um, just Spurs play 29 and um, going off sort of the tweet I mentioned earlier, it seems as though... Poro should be back for next week. So they'll have this weekend off and then he should be fit. Um, but obviously he'd be looking closer to news heading into that deadline. But I think if he is going to be out and not playing, I don't mind Van Heck from um, Brighton. I think we've seen the way that they set up 
he's actually getting really advanced and it's pushing Purvis back defensively when he was playing. So it was making him actually quite a good threat uh, in attacking sort of, I guess, set pieces and also on counterattacks. Um, Van Heck was getting quite advanced. So I actually think he's a really good option. He's only 4.0 as well. So, um, you know, save a bit of uh, funds there in the back and use it elsewhere. Or even Moreno. I think um, Villa have really good fixtures and we see Moreno can get those attacking um, returns as well. Thank you, community, for your questions. Keep them coming. We'll get back to them very shortly. Straight back to your side now, Quentin, for Game Week 26, a blank Game Week, of course. And for some managers, it can be a challenge to field an 11. But for you, Q, how much of a challenge was it to get a full 11 out? Um, I've actually got 12 this week. Um, What's this? Bench boost time. (laughs) But um, I've made the the early move um, today for Jota to back to Kudus. So I had Kudus for, you know, pretty much the last eight game weeks up until he left for AFCON and got him out. Um, So I brought him back in. I think he's a great asset uh, for the next few game weeks and, you know, plays 29. So as I said to you, I'm going to leave. Um, myself open to not free hitting in 29, depending on obviously how the FA Cup games go. But I've got, uh, you know, Charlie Taylor on the bench, um, you know, been waiting for an eternity. Um, it was almost like Lamptey 2.0 for me, waiting for him to come back. And, you know, I was actually had him playing this week until I decided to get out Diego Jota for Kudus. Otherwise, Taylor would have been in there. But I might even bring Taylor in over Sue Fowl. So it's not 100% in cement, but um, I'm not going to be making any more moves for the game week. And captaincy, as I said to you, I think it's quite open this week. So at the moment, it's Harlan. But, You're not you know, putting on could, the actual Harlan? Yeah, well, I could, could be going to the actual uh, proper Harlan. So Hoyland from Manchester United and um, or Saka. So I think there's a few options this game week. You ruled out De Bruyne, I presume, based on his injury worries. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I've obviously got Taylor first bench option, so obviously he'll come off and Taylor will come on. But I think he he might play. I'd be happy with 20 minutes. 20 minutes from De Bruyne uh, in that fixture, I could see him returning. So 20 minutes, and I'll be happy. Foden's a really interesting shout, actually. He's currently have a you currently have a vice captain on them, but he's scored in his last four games against Bournemouth. I actually think, based on the opponents, that's a really good fixture for Phil. I don't think anyone's yep. mentioned him as a captaincy option. Well, I actually had the captaincy option on before we streamed, and I sort of thought I'll just put on the Harlan, and then I'll, I'll uh, work just for the looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I yeah, as I said, I had Foden last week. I was pretty confident he could have outscored Harlan, so. You know, I think if I was going to go a city asset this week, I might even go Foden, double up two weeks in a row and see if I can get something. But you, now that you've mentioned uh, Harlan from Wish or the the real Harlan. This just sounds exciting this week. It really does. Yeah, and I, I just think the way, as I said to you, um, the previous stream about us versus Luton, it's, you know, obviously it's not going to sound good, but... Um, we defend like a mid-table team, which then makes other mid-table teams go at us and attack us, which is good for us because on the counter, I feel like we can put a few goals away. So I definitely think this is going to be similar to the Luton game where we're going to be quite open at the back there, which is going to cause Fulham to try to come forward, which is going to leave them vulnerable. And we're going to see the fast breakaways from Ganacho, Diego Dallo, Rashford, and, you know, our boy Rasmus up top 
ready just to bang it away. Just to reiterate, you still feel open-minded about whether to play the free hit chip or not. But as it stands, how many plays do you have currently playing in blank game week 29? I think about seven. Oh, that's actually a really good position. I think, yeah, seven. I've got one plan move, obviously, um, heading to that fixture. So I've actually got two Spurs assets at the moment. Um, I've got Poro and um, Brennan Johnson. Brennan Johnson, so, okay. Interesting so, yeah, with those two, plus obviously the move to Kudus and a few other players, I'm looking at possibly six to seven players, depending on how the FA Cup games go. Um, and then obviously be banking sort of a few transfers over the, the next game week, heading mm. into 28, um, where I can possibly, you know, have two transfers to use for 28 slash uh, 29. I like it, Quentin. I think it's important for managers to sort of stay open-minded, but I also understand and respect why people have already gone a certain way. Because yeah. in I think a three-hit chip can be efficient. If I think a threshold for me is that if you score more than 25 points than your original team could have done, I think that's a successful chip play. Is that, would you agree with that statement? Yeah, I think it's almost um, like going into, um, for example, this game week in the triple capsule chip, I didn't have it. And I thought if I can get away with a 100K red arrow, I think it's a win for me because I didn't have the chip. Whereas the same thing in 29, if I don't end up using the free hit, I've got eight players and I, I managed to sort of maybe just four below the the teams that are free hit i feel like that's a win still regardless mm. of whether i've matched them for points because i've still got the free hit there so i think that's probably one way to look at it for managers undecided at the moment is see how you go i think if you have seven or eight players and they're solid plays fine. for game week 29 i definitely think you can get away with not doing the free hit because we're going to have maybe four games five games in 29 is there really going to be assets that you really want to triple up on and yeah, I think Tottenham might be easy. Tottenham are probably the only team, but I feel like between now and then they've got some all right fixtures coming up. So you, you might even have one or two of their assets heading into 29 anyway. So I, um, yeah, I think, um, it's not worth closing the book on it. Like you said, you keep yourself open if, if you know, I guess the opportunity to do that in your side, depending on what plays you have. But like this week, I really wanted to get Sarabia, but then I kind of went. Well, if I get Sarabi in and they blank in 29, I've kind of yeah. ruined that maybe chance to not free hit, whereas yeah. I went Kudus, who I think has upside, and they play yeah. 29. It's a great show. So. John David with some very important comments put down here. Hudson Adoy or Langer seems like a punt if I have more transfers available with Villas Highline. I think Hudson Adoy especially can be a very interesting pick. He plays well at home too for the Forest games. Quite involved recently, too. But another one from John, and speak of perfect timing, this is it. Are you taking in Wolves' assets and whom this week? Well, welcome to my team for yet another week, game week 26. I haven't, unfortunately, I will not be getting a Wolves' asset in. I had two free transfers. I've already done one, it being Yota out for Bakara Saka. I think Saka is probably an important player considering Arsenal's fixtures coming up. It being Newcastle, Sheffield, United, Brentford in the next three, I think that's nearly as good as they come. Potentially Chelsea if 
lead somehow cause an upset. But how about this, guys? I've got one free transfer left, and you will not believe it. I'm going to do a live transfer. So let's do it. Have some fun. Buy your watch. I'm going to go straight down the middle. Virgil van Dyke, I loved your header, but it's time to say goodbye. And we are going to go. This is very interesting viewing, isn't it? Pow, 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 <laughs> Torres. Wait, Anna, where, where's this? I need to try and... Um, can I get... Okay, oh, it actually says pow. I'm going to bring him in. And that's going to be my other transfer. I just have to make sure I'm not playing the wrong button. Confirm it. Here we go. So this is my exile for a week. Jeez, how intense <laughs> was that? I even made it sound out of it. But Quentin, this is my side for a week. I like it, mate. And yeah. uh, the the new edition of um, Pow Pow. Pow Pow. Willie Breen out, boom, boom, pow. That's a good one. That's All I can bad. think is um, that Will I Am song. Oh, yeah. It's about as bad as people making Ben Me jokes on Twitter. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you have it. So it's Ariola Taylor, who will probably play his first game in several weeks on field because there's no other choice. How? I call it the boom, boom, down back. Gabrielle at home to Newcastle. Foden, Garnacho, in which I'm really liking the look of Quentin. I know you are as well. De Bruyne. Well, Hold his spot. I don't feel there's much necessity in taking him out prematurely at the moment. Pre- Pep Guardiola's press conference is in a couple of hours' time, so we'll get more news on him. Saka's vice, Watkins, Solanke, and Harlan up front. But 3-4-3, it seems to be the way to go at the moment. So that's my team. Well, over that, I think now is, well, got Captain's Corner, but before that, Quentin, is there anything you'd like to plug in terms of your own pod, if you run your own podcast or such? Um, I might just, the, the shirt I'm wearing at the moment, I'll sort of, I'll get the uh, mic out of the road, but um, yeah. uh, I Mindset to come on board of our podcast. So they're sort of, they do pre-workouts, uh, gym apparel, um, PT plans at affordable prices. I think the littlest is four ninety five a week. Um, they can do your upper exercise plan tailored to, you know, whatever goals that you have in mind. So as a good friend of mine, so um, he's, a, he's a young kid, so he's only um, really young, but he's he's very passionate and knows a lot of stuff. So he's uh, jumped on board the podcast supporting us, which is incredible. And, you know, we've got a few good things coming up. We're talking about maybe doing an eight-week fitness challenge and yeah. organizing a bit of a package that people will get uh, when they sign up and, do a bit of a live leaderboard on our, our podcast and updating how everyone's going. And, um, but yeah, that's sort of uh, pretty much all I like to plug. And obviously this week um, I worked flat out, so I didn't get a podcast episode out, but we'll be back next week um, with another podcast episode. But that just was good for Chazzo because I could share all my wonderful wisdom uh, on the stream tonight. I do like your takes, Quentin, and we've got some <laughs> nice positive comments coming in. John, thank you for your message, mate. We do appreciate it. We just like to have a bit of fun, have a laugh, and throw in a couple of good pointers out there. Quentin with a couple of decent differentials. That's where the viewership goes boom, boom, pow. <laughs> 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 He's saying that a lot. Oh, this is going to end really, really bad. 
James, thank you for your comment, mate. Really appreciate it. And now, last but not least, unfortunately, before I get to the captain's corner, I will admit bonus bank game with 26 stats haven't been released yet, but we've got to give, once again, just a brief plug to bonus bank, one of our major sponsors for the channel. But onwards and upwards to captaincy corner. And here we go. Multiple options. And for game week 26, it might only be eight games, but five choices to choose from. Headlined by the inevitable 23-year-old Norwegian, that is Erling Haaland, who provided a sigh of relief for the 1.3 million managers who put the triple captaincy chip on him last game week with games at home to Chelsea and Brentford. And, my God, the amount of sitters he missed. And then he finally caused a breakthrough, produced a breakthrough, I should say, when Aya slipped over and he scored a goal against the Bees. Headliner, him. Bakaya Saka, strong plan B at home to Newcastle. He's got the most points of any player in the last six. Game week for 59. And that shouldn't come as a surprise, having achieved a brace in back-to-back -back league games. Newcastle conceded eight goals in their last three games. Probably one of the worst going right now. Saka, as well, has the third highest XGI, which is expected goal from involvement in the game this season with 18.8. He's ranked third behind Salah and Erling Haaland. Along with that, three double digits in the last four, with his run having started in their away game against Nottingham Forest, which finishes a 2-1 win. Ollie Watkins, third in line. He's just, he did score in the corresponding fixture last season where Villa won 2-0 in April. Watkins also has four goals and three assists in the last four game weeks. And we've seen how explosive he can be. Showed it away at Fulham. Showed it away at Sheffield United. Go against them at your own peril. In addition, Nottingham Forest have gone without a clean sheet on the road in their last seven league games. Ivan Tony up next. Four goals and an assist in his last six. He goes away at the London Stadium on Monday night. If you want some fireworks to finish off your game week, Ivan could be your man. Furthermore, West Ham haven't won a game since the turn of the new year and have conceded 11 goals without scoring. And that's right. Who put the ball in the West Ham net? Half of Arsenal's team did. I won't say the proper chant, of course. And then... <laughs> Clinton's favourite, Rasmus Hoyland, tops it all off with a home game to Fulham. He's had seven goals and two assists in his last six appearances. And Fulham haven't had a clean sheet in each of their last 11 away matches across all competitions. The competition is fierce in the fantasy landscape with only 12 game weeks to go. And only one game week of the next four is a regular 10-match game week size. That's it for Captain's Corner. Quentin, on the dial, who are you going to put the armband dial on this week? Well, um, coming on this podcast, you've actually, um, I wouldn't say convinced me, but just um, helped uh, push the the deep thoughts in the back of my head to the to the front and um, possibly <laughs> uh, Hoyland against Fulham. 
um, is actually looking like an all right capacity pick this week. Either him or Foden, actually. So, Foden, um, yeah. But nothing, nothing would be more exciting than waking up at two a.m. on a Sunday morning. Are you really going to be watching... waking up then, or at eight o'clock in the morning? No, no, I'll wake up for the Man United game. I've got okay, a yeah. serious disease of uh, being addicted to football, so I'll be out watching United play. And if I have the captaincy in a Hoyland, um, it's either going to be bitter disappointment or just ecstasy, pure ecstasy when he, you know, nets a double again, max bonus, and um, you know. Hoyland blanks again and everyone's left trailing in my dust. A couple of final <laughs> comments before we wrap up tonight's show. And to those who are tuning in, thank you so much. We do appreciate it on here. John David, who is going to go for He Chan, I think, as his transfer in just because of a budget. If he couldn't afford Bakaya Saka going to him from Diego Yota, would going with a Wolves midfielder be wise? Um, I think it depends on, obviously, your plans for... Um, the free hit 29, but as I said, I think it's pretty even across the board with your Wolves assets and um, definitely good options. I think, as we mentioned, Villa have got some good assets and we've got West Ham have got good assets. So I think the good thing about that is there's a lot of options and depending obviously your budget, he Chan for his price, great pick. I definitely could see him, you know, getting a few returns. That does it for the pod and Quentin, as always. Thank you so much for taking the time out and tuning in. Really appreciated the differential wisdom insights too. No, I literally just would have been playing FIFA tonight, mate. So, um, Pro clubs? Uh, negative. A uh, bit of career mode for Sunderland getting – been watching Sunderland until I die, so I've actually got on the Sunderland bandwagon to get him back to the Prem. So. <laughs> I like that. Top stuff. Quentin, <laughs> hope to catch you soon. And hope for everyone who's tuned in, may your arrows be green. Until game week 27, good luck this weekend and it's goodbye for now.